Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. Listeners, welcome to the Thursday preview of the Cheltenham Festival here on the Life on the Bridal podcast. I'm your host, Bill Taylor. Joining me, as usual, we have Mr. Jack Holden. Hello. Good morning. And Mr. Josh Bursey. Hello. Hello. You'll be able to find our Tuesday and Wednesday previews, as well as a Cheltenham Festival handicap special, where we go through all the handicaps in detail. So if you want to find out anything else, you can go to that one and find out some potential work that were anti-post selections, but I'm sure there'll be some nice little nuggets for you there. We'll get straight into it then, gents. The Thursday first race of the day is the Turner's Novices Chase. Big anti-post favourite that is now just seems seems invincible to some and one of those people is Jack Holden. I agree. Um, hopefully you listened to my uh, chasing pair rankings the other day. Uh, I think my deposit is the most informed horse currently in uh, Great Britain, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. I think he's possibly the most improved horse uh, in the last year. And I struggle to see where true challenge comes from in this. I know people will say Banbridge. I don't think Banbridge really is in the same league. I look at Mighty Potter's last last performances. Uh, we'll go to go to Leopardstown in the novice chase. Destroyed element they chose eight and a half lengths. Guard him the ship was, you know, almost ten lengths behind. So he's be- he's beating, you know, Cheltenham favourite Cheltenham Festival Antipost favourites who are evens by ten lengths. I think that's a pretty pretty solid form. Uh, we'll appreciate it going here, do we think? Yeah, he will do. Yeah. So appreciate it going here. That, that's really that's the main danger, really, because Bambridge won't like the ground if it goes soft. I agree. I see. Appreciate so, it more of a danger. Um, if, if the ground came up good and we none of the rain forecast came at all, then Bambridge would be right in there. But other than that, yeah, I think Mighty Potter has this sewn um, up already. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, he just wins. I will say, Cheltenham, as I said before, Cheltenham can dry up quite quickly, even if there's big rain on Monday night. I think Mighty Potter goes in everything. So. There's rain due on Wednesday night as well. Yes, but forecasts. I, I look. I don't look. The, the weather is a little bit of a lottery. So it might not rain as much as it as it says it will. But look, if it's anywhere better than soft, then Bambridge could potentially be a bet if there is drift and then there's value. But uh, uh, seven to two now, considering the rain that's forecast, I wouldn't be touching. Appreciate it is a danger. Uh, Josh, you've got any more thoughts on the Turners? No, I'm 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 very keen on Mighty Potter as well. I think at five to four, he might even be a little bit value. Oh, goodness gracious me! Well, we'll go into the first handicap of the Thursday. A Thursday full of handicaps. Potentially, why Josh rates it as the best day of the festival. We have the Potemps final. Josh, we'll start with you. Yeah, really interesting news that Shoot First is now out of the Potemps and won't run the well the anti post favourite. Shoot first. Interestingly, though, two horses that finished behind him at the October meeting are two 
horses that I'm quite keen on, Salvador Ziggy and Antayer. Neither have run since. The second, Botox, has went and won a valuable handicap hurdle up at Haydock. And Salvador Ziggy, even though top weight, trained by Gordon Elliott, has got a really, really good record in this race. But Antayer, trained by John O'Neill, has got a fantastic record in this race as well. And I got on Antayer at 20 to 1 antipost, and I don't think that's a bad price at all. He's got some really good form. Was second to Marie's Rock in uh, December 2021, and should go well at a bit of a price. Though I expect that to come down a little bit now. Shoot first is out. Yeah, Antayer, best price of 16s, Jack. A uh, couple of things from me. I have had a little nibble at a Gordon Elliott horse with something at a reasonably large price. We've gone for level never ending. Um, mm. Takes a couple of the trends boxes, as I spoke about in our previous handicap podcast. Um, people are also really, really, really keen on walking on air for Nicky Henderson yes. after his performance at Exton last time. I've been you know, stunned by this this horse. <laughs> numerous occasions, particularly at Aintree, um last year. I however think but I was really taken by that extra performance. I think he's got a reasonably fair handicap mark for this. I could, could see him going really well. I could see it going really well. Um I can't say I have a really strong opinion of the rest though. Uh, okay, right, we'll head over to the kind of I say it's the players championship. Of the of the Cheltenham <laughs> Festival world, yes, the yeah. Ryanair, uh, where we have uh, Shishkin as the big favourite, and if you recall from our very first podcast, we had live uh, live race commentary of Shishkin's return and win at Ascot over Pickdorhi and Fakir Dudery. Shishkin four to five now, odds on fave. Is anybody here taking him on? I most no. certainly am. Oh, now. I, I do think Shishkin will win. I'm, I'm not saying he won't win, but I think there's an angle against him. And the horses do remember where they've had a bad experience. So I don't think you can doubt that Shishkin had a bad experience at Cheltenham last season. So it would, yeah, be, it was a mess. would be a bit of a worry for me. And the horse I'm going to take him on with might surprise both of you. Mm-hmm. It's Envoy Allen. Oh, now, if you look at Envoy Allen's records, it's actually really good. He's won, he's won grade one chases multiple times. He didn't run especially well in the King George, I admit, but a lot of Henry's horses blew out at that time when they came over to the UK. There was one um, going up against Tamuras. There was one, uh, a Plutard, who went over to the Haydock for the Betfair chase, and a lot of Henry's horses were doing that. And I think it fits a similar mould, and I don't think he liked the racing that day, but I think back over two mile, five furlongs, I, I know he had a bad experience in the Turners a couple of years ago, but I think Envoy Allen at, at 12 to 1, especially after running so well and travelling so well for so long in the champion chase last year, at 12 to 1 has to be a bet. Like, if Shishkin does blow out, then I think you've got an incredibly, incredibly good chance of picking up the win part of the bet. Jack? I must, I must concede, I had two anti-post bets in this race. Okay. I got, I had uh, nine to two on Shishkin, 
before yeah. he's run at Ascot. Mm-hmm. And I also have twelve to one on Edinburgh Island, which I, oh. which I, I actually got involved with before Shiskin. So I was more, I was far more keen um, on Edinburgh Island. Oh no! Did the job before Ascot, and that was still, and that was with Alho still in the market. I was confident on Edinburgh Island. Then. I, it would not surprise me. I think Shiskin wins. Would not surprise me though. Oh, I, I think, think I'm not. I'm not touching Envoy Allen. Not, not. I'm not touching Envoy Allen. I mean, I, th- I think you'll be picking up the place part of the bet at the very least. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I, I honestly don't see how Envoy Allen comes out the top three. Mm, yes, but he, he, he's uh, won the grade one. He's won the grade one this year, and a decent one at that. Yeah, of, of course. But the most recent run it was was awful. Now, okay, Josh has given 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 reasoning, but I think you're looking at the price and thinking, okay, yeah, twelve to one, look, fair enough. It, I I could have echo my face, but I'm not going to be touching Envoy Island. Run the King George was poor, uh, and Josh said that horses don't forget bad experiences uh, at Cheltenham. Shishkin has one and had a bad experience. Envoy Island has one and had a bad experience. So, look, we'll see. I, I understand the price well, angle. Well, Envoy Allen has won twice. He's yes. had one bad experience, and then he's come back and he's run another good race. Yeah, yeah in a I race say, in a race say, that really say, lacked quality. I would say that bad experience, you know, he was slightly interfered with in that yeah, race, look, the Chantry House one. Yeah, I, I, look, I know. Look, I was on Envoyal and then I was I was gutted. I was heartbroken. Um, it was it was the best horse in the race. Since then, it's not been this quite the same horse. Well, look, I understand the angle. I'm just not going to be getting involved. Look, yeah, that's just that's just the way horse racing works. So we'll move on to the championship race. We'll move the feature uh, of the day. It's the Stayers Hurdle. I know Jack, you've got um, quite a bit in this here. So please go forth and explain to our listeners. I, I think it's perhaps the second deepest race in the entire festival. I'm looking at the looking at the market right now. And I see Blazing Carl, Tiapu, Marie's Rock, Foreign Porter, Home by the Lee, Gold Sweet, Classical Dream, Paisley Park, Ashdale Bob, Dashel Drasher, and the list goes on. I, I see seven. I can see seven winners here. I can see, on, on their day, I can see seven different winners here. Blazing Carl is going to run. Yes. They've leaned on this towards that now. I'm, I'm still not convinced. I, he can bolt up. He can bolt up. He can win by many a length. I have actually got involved with a couple of things again here. So Marie's Rock isn't going to go. Tierpoo, I'm not convinced either. I think there are there are better angles to this. I have some involvement with Home by the Lee. That is very much ground dependent. I think it would need slightly good ground. And I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. But Flooring Porter hey. could, be, could be the answer. He <laughs> could be the answer. Will he be um, making every yard for Danny Mullins? Th- no, now, this, this, is, this is the end question. He's won it twice by making every yard. I think he caught people out the first year. Mm-hmm. The second year, they knew what he was going to do and they still couldn't stop him. No. So... Uh, how do you stop him? How can you how can you stop a horse taking it up from the front? That ride, horse, Danny Mullins, yeah. that year 
was executed to absolute perfection. If if, oh, if you want brilliant. a horse, if you want a horse to take it up and lead all the way around, you, you, that's probably one of the one of the few things that you definitely can do. Yes. Um, shout out to Gold Tweet, who could be could be really good. Um, yeah. Coming over from France for um, oh, I always forget his name. Uh, trainer uh, Gabriel Leenders. Um, and I will also have a shout out for my favorite racehorse of all time, Paisley Park. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, he, people raised him off last year, and I'm still, I, I'm still adamant he came second in that race. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if it was a yard further, he would have done. Yeah. Yeah. If it was a yard further or a yard shorter, he came second. Um, yeah. I, Paisley Park could pull something out of fire. He, he's what you know. He's won, won. He beat Goshen and uh, Champ this year. He's got his quirks. Yes. Uh, I think that run he had at Cheltenham last time in January, it was funny enough. He didn't hit his he didn't hit his flat spot. So I don't think you really saw the real. It's almost as if he needs to be asked a really serious question and six or yes. seven lengths back. To be able to yeah. show his best form, but I will. So I have to admit, he's probably not to the forefront of most people's minds anymore. So the two for me are home by the Lee, ground dependent. I think home by the Lee will beat Florian Porter again if the ground is not really soft. No, but if, you know if Florian Porter gets gets his way again, uh, could be. He, he you know, you're you're talking about him in with big bucks. Oh, that, look, that's look. as simple as that. I've I've got an awful amount of time for a porter, and I think it's got a great great chance. If it is soft, Tiapu, you root him off. You root him off, Jam. But uh, I think Tiapu stand a chance if, if the ground is soft. But again, whether the the ground is a bit of a lottery at this stage. Josh, do you have anything to add? I, I think it's a really deep race, as you both alluded to. But I think because it's such a deep race, I wouldn't give Flooring Porter such a good chance. Of winning again. Now, Blaise yeah, and Carl. There are question marks this year. There are question oh, yeah. marks this year. Now, Blaise and Carl, I am involved with Anti Post. I still think has a very good chance of winning. Yeah. Obviously, the slight injury is a concern, but I'm happy to just let that run, not get involved anymore, and just see what happens with that one. The, o- the only one I might get involved with on the day would be Gold Tweets. Really, really impressive on Trials yeah. Day. I know, I know he only beat Dashiell Drasher, but Paisley Park was in that race as well, and I thought really, really good performance. And at twelve to one, I, I think that's a bit of value personally, but okay. not a race I'm getting majorly involved in. A race that I kind of just want to watch and enjoy because it's going to be a fantastic race. Yeah, well, look, I'm I'm going to wait to the ground. And we'll see what happens. And if and if the ground comes up trumps for Flooring Porter, I think it's six to one. If it stays at a similar price, I think it's worth getting involved because we just know what this horse can produce. Okay, so we'll move on to the plate handicap chase. So Scottish, big market leader here. Jack, I know you're a big fan of the horse. Fantastic chance in the race. When people do their Chapman Festival reviews, they look at their profits and losses of each race, where they went well, where they went where they went wrong. People will look at So Scottish and just think to themselves, why on earth did I not get involved? How did I not see it? 
72 handicap is short, but I think he's done done a lot right, second in his last outing, um, to Boot Hill, who I think is a very, very decent horse. Um, that was at Ascot. Really, really um, successful season so far. Uh, one at Carlisle, Tipperary, Kilbegan, uh, second at Chamor. I just think he's got a really, really strong chance and I might as well say it now, it will be my uh, nap of the day, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's interesting here, uh, I, uh, I was interested in fast or slow for this race, but it looks as if we're going to go to the Ultima. Uh, the one I'd be looking at, I think, would be um, That's All Right Gino, potentially as an each-way shout. Relatively decent price at 14s. Not necessarily got a great winning record, but this run at Cheltenham, it came second on trials day, I think has got a chance of an each-way Jack, yeah. Just quickly, I would also like to add, Mr McManus um, is a big player in national hand racing. He would not have gone out out of his way to go and buy this just before the Cheltenham Festival if he don't, did not think it had a good chance. And this is one of the races. This is this is the the thing what Shunter did a couple of years ago, isn't it? Yeah. a hundred thousand pound bonus. So, I, money talks. Josh, anything to add here? Yeah, I focused on the handicap chase on trials day. I think that's really, really good form. Il Rodoto and Fugitive pulling 15 lengths clear of the third. And I'll be honest with you, chances are I'll do a reverse forecast of those two on the day just for a bit of fun. But yeah. I, I don't have a massively strong opinion on the race, but I would say those two could both run very good races again. And I know... Paul Nichols definitely thinks Il Rodoto has more he can give. Very good, very good. So we'll head on to the Mayor's Novices Hurdle. Uh, a race with a big favourite in Lucia. Who is taking Lucia on? Josh, are you? I'm taking Lucia on. Uh, a lot of adjustment went on in that extra run. I don't think the form's as good as some people are making it out to be. Now, it's called the Jack de Bromhead Mayor's Novices Hurdle in memory of trainer Henry de Bromhead's son, who unfortunately lost his life uh, pony racing last year. And I think they, they really, really want to win this race. and It'll be really special for them if they do win this race. And I think they've laid one out for it in Magical Zoe. Now, Magical Zoe wouldn't have any problem if the ground was good or if the ground was soft. Goes on any ground. Won really well at Down Royal in November. You know, forms me frank by the likes of the Model Kingdom since. And I think she's got an exceptional chance here. And I don't think the current price of, oh, blimey, 14 to 1 in a place does her justice at all. Yeah, no, it would be a would be a would be a lovely story. I just recall when I think was it Bob Ollinger running in a, in a just after they'd come back and they were saying would Bob Ollinger do it uh, for Jack and of course Bob didn't really perform. So it's, it's always always be wary of stuff like that. But what a lovely story that would be, Jack. You're a fan of Lucia, though, aren't you? Massive fan of Lucia. I think one of the most informed horses um, in Great Britain, Northern Ireland, and Republic at the moment. Magical Zoe, I, I agree, does have a good chance, and I think at fourteen to one is a silly price if you're putting on a, a place double treble accumulator. I, I would for a Thursday. I think that's a really, really strong shout. Uh, mm-hmm. Princess Zoe is running in this race as well. 
I don't even know where to start with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tony Marlin. It's, look, for, 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 some, for the owners and Tony Marlin, it's a, it's a really sentimental uh, horse. She's was a valiant performer on the flat. I don't know if she's quite got what it takes to cut it with a couple of horses in this race. Mm. And the cheer, I was so impressed with what happened next. I know the last hurdle had a slighter mishap, but sometimes, you know, when you're that far clear, you know, you just get a bit confident, a bit lazy. Um, And those things happen. Nico kept the partnership alive and just sorted home. So if we Lucia for me, I'm sorry, that's a really boring short price again. I think a Lucia, magical Zoe, uh, Reverse. No, straight forecast for me. I think that's probably the play yeah. of the race. Fair enough. Uh, we're just going on to Princess Zoe again. Only have one run at Punchestown and probably should have won that properly. Although I know it's technically a win by a dead heat. But Tony Mullins is one of, another one of those figures that just hang, hangs around and somehow can suck you in or not. But I will not be going anywhere near Princess Zoe. Having said that, I know what's going to happen. I'm probably going to not back each way because I am a coward. So we'll head on to the final race of the day. Uh, it is the Kim Year Challenge Cup. Another big favourite for this one. Uh, not as big. We have Mr. Incredible up there too, but Stumptown. Stumptown, best price of four to one. That's got a lot of love amongst uh, the, the punters. Jack, you're quite keen on this one too, aren't you? Yeah, I like, again, sorry to keep, you know, backing up, backing faves here, but I think Stumptown has a really strong chance for Gavin Cromwell. I like Mr. Incredible as well. I don't know, I don't think they're quite sure how good Mr. Mr. Incredible is. Yeah. Um, could be absolutely anything. Second last time out at Warwick, um, behind I will do it. Uh, just looking at what he's beaten and coming ahead of in that race. Uh, Lord of Not strong. Um, I think sometimes just holds far better form for this race. Yeah, not not a strong opinion for me. Uh, Stumptown, I think again it'll be one of those. Why didn't I back it? Yeah, I I like. I mean, it's one of my big regrets that I didn't get on board at tens. I was a big fan of, of the horse, and we won very very impressively. Ellison and Sandown, uh, Gavin Cromwell, very canny operator. Barry O'Neill books, very very strong booking there. I think Stumptown is just going to win this race, and it's, again, it's going to be one of those where we're all just going to be sat there going, "Why on earth did we not get involved at tens?" Josh, Kim, he's, he's, he's got the stat book out. I, I, <laughs> I, I disagree. Look, there is a horse in here who fits all of the stats. And you would have heard this in the in the handicap preview, which we released a little bit earlier. But Dunboyne, I think Dunboyne has got an exceptional chance in here. Gordon Elliott has a fantastic chance in this race. The last four winners of this race were novices, and they tend to be rated between 137 and 143. And Dunboyne just fits them all. And I was disappointed I didn't get on board last time, but I was kind of glad Dunboyne didn't win that race. Another chance here, 10 to 1, decent price. I think it's a very good bet. and I don't think Dunboyne will be out of the frame. There you go. Fair enough. That is uh, all the races for the Thursday previewed properly for you. 
We'll now head into our naps and lays of the day. We'll start with you, Josh. Well, I think the nap has to be Dunboyne for me. I've, I've made the case. I'm going to nap Dunboyne. Lay of the day. Yeah, Lucia. Lucia, I'm going to lay Lucia. Oh, give us me. Jack, we know what your uh, nap is. So Scottish. Yeah, going to be so Scottish. Oh, lay of the day. I don't think there's... <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, I think, the lay. Because I, 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 I really like all the, all the short price fans, and I don't think I can go against them. Um, oh, and I don't, I don't want to say Blazing Carl either, because... Yeah. Could hack up. Oh, goodness me. Is it, is it born to say tear poo? Is that... Is that I suppose the lay is just a, a horse that is a short price that you don't think is going to win. So I suppose you could just go with... Tierpoo t- 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 and, and Blazing Car close in the market. So I'm going I'm to lay Tierpoo. OK, well, my nap is Stumptown in the Kim Muir. I'm taking Josh on there. Oh. And then my lay... This is going to rile a lot of people up. And I will could end up looking like a complete fool, but you know what? That's I'm happy to take it. I am. <laughs> my lay. Oh, I'm going to regret this big time. My lay is Mighty Potter. So there you go. Look, what happens, look, I don't. I don't. I don't even know what to say to that. That that's appalling. Well, well, look. Even, if I, even Josh, who hates who hates people who back short prices. He's backing this. There is value there. There is value there. <laughs> <laughs> he says it. This is Josh saying this. There's value in 5 to 11 to 8. I know. Well, look, look, look. I, I, see, I see a very short favourite. The, the Supreme last year. Look, OK, we all know Mighty Pop has improved immensely. But the Supreme last year blew his top off. Looked absolutely, you know, was, was nowhere. I can just see something similar potentially happening again. And I think a short price favourite and you've got the likes of Bambridge that I know people say the ground isn't won't, won't make the suit Bambridge has run two great race, run two great races at Cheltenham and one appreciate it as a very classy horse as well we'll see look I could end up looking like a fool but that, I'm happy to risk that and if I end up looking and if I end up getting it right then more for you so there we go gents thank you very much again listeners thank you very much for listening this has been your Thursday preview uh, look out for our Friday Gold Cup preview. It'll be out soon. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.